0: It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter.
1: Hello, friend. It is so good to be with you. It's time, time to chill relaxed and get encouraged. How has life been? Are you in between a decision? You can't decide what to do. I've been there so many times and my solution when in between decisions was this, nothing. I took a break from the decision. I chilled, relaxed and gave my mind a break. So today I encourage you, to take a break from life for a few minutes and listen to a story that when heard will stir your thoughts and emotions and ignite hope. Today's story is from Emma, Emma Rogers. This young lady lost her father at a young age because of domestic violence, and she saw her mother go to prison. Her life was crumbling, and then she did something unusual. She pleaded with God for help. So glad that you're joining me today, Emma. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you, Ron?
1: I'm doing great, and I'm so glad that you're going to share your story. And you are in uh, Petal, Mississippi, right? Yes, sir. So what do you do in Petal, Mississippi?
2: I am currently, uh, I'm finishing up William Carey, and I am the Children's Ministry Associate for the, um, for the church, pedal Harvey, and I live in the Parsonage on the church premises, so you really are like all things to all people, you know? Um, <laughs> so so yeah, just hang out a lot there, and it's, it's really great.
1: So Emma, what is your story?
2: Okay, yeah, so I am from Florida originally, Pensacola, and I was born and raised there, and didn't move to Mississippi until college, but uh, when I was born, actually, it was evident that there was something wrong, With my eyes, they kind of moved and shaked, you know, even as a newborn, and they didn't know uh, what was wrong. And, it, it, you know, it's the late 90s, and so internet is not super popular yet. Like, you would have to call other people to see what's wrong, so you can't just look it up. So they didn't really find out what it exactly was until I was around eight, Um, and that ended up being a chromatopsia, which is a genetic disability. It's super rare. So there's movement of the eyes, and there's very light sensitivity. So, I wear contacts that are like sunglasses at all times. Um, and then I'm completely colorblind. So, I can only see in black and white um, or grayscale. Wow. And so, yeah, you can, yes, you can imagine. And no one in my family had it. Um, and now my younger sister has it, but I was the trailblazer. So, no one knew what to do. Yes, you can imagine like also being from the Sunshine State and in Florida, it's super bright there and we go to the beach a lot. Like, there were definitely some challenges with that. Everyone was very accommodating and supportive. It would really be like that, would kind of be the least of my worries. Yeah. Growing up, uh, there was this un- unwritten rule uh, or unspoken rule of what happens in the house stays in the house. And this kind of created an atmosphere of secrecy. And um, as a result, lying um, became kind of second nature for me at a, at a young age. I wouldn't even identify that until years later, of course. But um, just lying about really small things because, like, what was happening in the house, like, I was lying about that. And so around the age of 11 or 12, which I used to think was old, but now as an adult, I find that incredibly young is when I kind of realized that, you know, my my family was not entirely normal. Um, my dad, he was diagnosed bipolar and had, you know, a slew of family history and abuse in his life and remained unmedicated. And so this accommodating with anger kind of led to a cycle of domestic violence. And that would last with my parents for nearly twenty years, um, and so going through that obviously created a lot of like again I wouldn't even know this at the time who didn't speak of these things but depression and just um, hopelessness and isolation and um, taking on roles that weren't mine I I have a, an older sister and two young sisters so I would um, my older sister and I would kind of split the tasks so she would watch my mom. My dad, and then I would watch my younger sisters. So, just kind of growing up too quickly. Yeah. And so, when I was going into my sophomore year of college, or not college, high school, 15, there was an altercation that began with my father acting out of aggression and my mom um, acting in self defense for herself and my young sisters who were home at the time. And my father would pass away in the hospital three days later. My mom, she would be in county jail for the next 45 days on charges of second degree murder. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of when the rug really got pulled out from under me, and my little sisters, we moved around a lot. My mom, she ended up being able to come home on bail, and so for the next three years, we're awaiting her trial, because people don't realize trials are, like, super expensive, and so for three years, we're just kind of shifting homes with different family members and friends and waiting her trial, which would be my senior year of high school, just a month before graduation. And she would be sentenced to two and a half years in prison for uh, involuntary manslaughter. So the charges were dropped um, to the lowest account, but still. So yeah, she would go um, away to prison. And my older sister was in the Navy with her husband at the time. And they were stationed in Virginia. And so my younger sisters ended up going to live with my older sister. And um, I'm living back with my grandparents. And they're gone because they travel a lot. Until so I'm at home alone and I'm 17 and I've just graduated and I don't know what I'm doing with my life and I'm just uh, thinking like wow like my sisters are gone my mom's in prison my dad passed away like I am I am hopeless I am isolated, like if the if the next 17 years of my life has any indication of the past 17 years or you know whatever then I just really don't wanna don't want to keep going for lack of better words um, and just in that. That moment of like hopelessness and loneliness, I um, remember moments of like people sharing with me and bringing me to church, radically off and on. And um, my parents bring me to church for a short time of always saying, "No, God's not real. If He was, like, how could He be so cruel?" All those things. And in that moment, um, I I know now, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of just moved and allowed me to cry out and just say, "Okay, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if God is real. I don't know if you're real. I don't." Um, and I don't know about this Jesus guy, but if you would take this feeling of hopelessness away, then I'll follow you. And of course, I have no idea what that meant at the time, right? And I kid you not, very seriously, that immediate feeling of hopelessness was just taken from me. Um, and, and I just had this feeling of warmth and comfort and peace. And um, that ended up lasting for three days, and so at the the end of the three days, I was like, "Oh, this must be real." So now, now I have to do something about it. And so, um, to now I'm bumbling through what it means to be a Christian. What it means, to be the first Christian in my family. um And so, like, I had a Bible that I had stolen, and I ended up calling the church, and I was like, "I stole your Bible. I'm so sorry." And they're like, "That's what they are there for." And um, I started William Carey just two weeks later. I was actually planning on going there already, not not knowing, knowing that they were a Christian school, but I had no bearing on my life. I did not care. Um, and so to see God's providence and His hand in my life um, being so good, and I would come and study um, missions and business and be shaped by really incredible people um, that have been a Christian a lot longer than I have and know a lot more, and um, being shaped by local churches and just Professors um, and making that kind of spiritual family and really, you know, banking on we're one body in Christ. And so, yeah, that kind of developed a passion for missions for me. And I've been on a few trips. Um, and I would like to continue studying after my undergraduate in seminary in some capacity and just to be a tool in, in the local body the best that I can be. So, yeah, that's kind of the shortened story.
1: Uh, you know, I had told you before we started uh, visiting that I purposely don't get a lot of information. So I didn't know your story. Some friends said you need to talk with Emma. She's got an incredible story. You know, I go back to the day that you were telling me that uh, because I've been there Where you're total hopeless, you just, uh, oh, you, yeah. you, you, you feel like there's nobody cares. Then you called out, Did you say like, "Hey God, if you're real," or did you say the word Jesus? Or and 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 then you felt a peace?
2: So I didn't grow up in church. We would go kind of sporadically every now and then. But my right before my my parents parted ways, for lack of better terms, my they were taking us to church, and I mean I was just so adamant that this was there is no God. If there was, how could He allow these things to happen? You know, and so yeah, in that moment, I'm just. I mean, gosh, I was so hopeless. And it was, it was, if this doesn't stop, I, I feel like I'm going to die. Like, I just cannot continue on this way. Uh, I just was like, okay, God, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you're real. I don't know anything. And then I did. I was like, and was Jesus, like I, because I had heard the gospel. Um, but I just didn't think, I thought it was just a story. And I was like, Jesus, said, this is, if like, this is true. If you just take the sin away, I'll follow you. And, and at that time, I had no idea about the level of taking away your sins or washing you clean or anything like that or being adopted into a family. I just knew I am so hopeless, and nothing that I have done because I have tried to satisfy um, has worked. It just leaves me alone and lower than I was before. And so, I mean, I was just willing to do anything. And God in His goodness and His grace. Allowed me to pray and, and press my heart, um, and so it definitely wasn't like an ABC prayer, but it was it was very genuine. And and the Lord met me in that place and and saved me. So,
1: listeners, I'm going to take a break, and when we return, Emma is going to share with you the exciting things that are going on in her life now, and also speak hope to someone out there that feels isolated and
0: wonders if God can even. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope.
3: The year, 1969, a movement impacted the nation.
2: These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority.
3: Now, from the creators of I Can Only Imagine, Jesus Revolution. There is an entire generation searching Starring Kelsey Grammer. You've probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. Jesus Revolution. They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They need our help. All right, Pastor, let's begin. In theaters everywhere, Wednesday, February 22nd. That we found, I feel like I belong. A limited number of complimentary tickets are available for Saturday, February 25th, 7 p.m. at Cinemark in Gulfport. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's ready. This is your home and I want you to tell all your friends about it. Jesus Revolution. Get your complimentary ticket while they last at thepromoter.org.
2: God is in this story. God is in the details. Even in the broken parts, He holds my heart. He never fails. When I'm at my weakest, I will trust in Jesus. Always
0: in the heart, he knows the one that goes before me.
1: God is welcome in back, me. listeners. Today, my guest is Emma Rogers. She's sharing her story of how she lost her father at a young age because of domestic violence. Her mother went to prison. But I thought it was very fascinating, Emma, of how you, not really knowing God, pleaded to God. So my question to you is this. If any of us listening get to a point of desperation, God really does hear us and will listen to us?
2: God knows every bit of us. He created us in our mother's womb. And so in his goodness and his kindness, allowing us to come to him um, whenever he's already waiting for us, you know? And so just to just to be open at all, it's not this, well, I have to do one, two, and three. No, God is he so good and kind. He'll meet you wherever you are.
1: Yes, he sure will. Do you have a relationship today with your
2: mom? Oh, yes. Yes. So my mom, she's wonderful. She um, is absolutely the most kind woman I've ever met. Um, And before this incident, you know, she, we were very much like the upper middle class family. We had everything. Um, Financially, we looked very normal on the outside. And my mom had never had anything more than a speeding ticket. Um, So just the whole thing of it can happen to anyone. You never know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, And my mom, she definitely still, I think, battles with forgiving herself um, and just the culmination of of losing her husband in the same breath. That's so so difficult. And so we've definitely had, um, in my younger years, when I wasn't a believer, we had a lot of uh, tension, Um, but even at the end of the day, that, you know, my mom, she. She always had done what um, she thought was best for us. And and in that moment, it was just protecting herself and and my sisters. So she has a home. Um, She has a job that she's had for two years now. And she has my sisters again. So we're super close.
1: So, Emma, do you have any thoughts of why your parents stayed together and didn't separate or seek help?
2: My parents, they knew, you know, from an early time in their relationship that it was volatile, and for 20 years they had the the decision to make to separate and to leave amicably, um, and unfortunately both of their decisions um, did not leave that way. And so I think with uh, a culmination of, you know, we have the ability to decide our daily our daily rhythms and if you want to continue doing life with this person even though you know it comes at a cost um and so i think a little bit of um just neglecting what they knew was right and what they knew they probably should have done um, and that ended up in you know someone losing their life and someone becoming incarcerated for it and then you know a family that has to grieve and a loss so both goes a culmination of of just um you know, our choices and what we decide to do and, uh, not loving God and not honoring God. Um, and then, and then the outward groaning of sin in the world that is telling us we need a savior and we need something better.
0: Yeah.
1: Amen. Do you ever, uh, just sit and kind of reflect over your life and think about all those things you describe And now look at you, you can tell you are one smart young lady and you look out and say, God, I never thought you were going to use me like you are. I mean, God can take our mess in our life and turn it into a message, can he?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it is only by, by God's gracious hand um, and, and him knowing that his plan is better than mine, that I'm even here. And I'm every day so grateful. And I, I really can't believe um, how good he's been, how faithful he's been how kind he's been to me and I and I do reflect on those times and I think and I remember specifically for years just the darkness that I was in just it felt like I was never going to get out of this for my entire life this is what it was going to be like um in just really just a really desolate dark place and now to know and to see how how good and faithful he is yeah so Amen. um grateful every day. Every day.
1: So somebody listening that is going through a dark moment in their life, what uh what would you tell them to do?
2: For anyone going through a dark moment, I think just taking a look at, you know, where where's where's the source coming from? You know, if you are finding yourself at a loss because you are working so hard but no one is watching and no one is giving you recognition, or you're putting in all this time in academics or in this job, but you're not um, joyful or accelerating quickly. You know, if you are are disappointed in your marriage because this partner is not perfect, I I think the heart of it, the source of it, is you know where do where are you finding your happiness? And I think if we're all honest, we lay our head down at night and we see nothing that satisfies us the way that it should. And so I think really in, in those moments, just crying out and, and saying, God, I don't know. I don't know. But these things don't satisfy. Mm-hmm. And, and would you? Mm-hmm. And He will every single time. For me, that's constantly deciding, okay, is Jesus better? Is He worth it? Is He my treasure? Um, and at the end of it, going back, yes. No matter what comes, um, whether it's more death or more loss or not having a place to live, like facing these things, knowing that God is good. Um, and even if he doesn't get me out of these moments, that's not the point of my life. The point of my life is to know him and enjoy him forever. And so even when trials come now, I hold on to the, the steadfast promise that, that God is good and I will be with him one day.
1: I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people do think that, oh, once I become a Christian, everything's going to change in my life and I'll be happy and I'll have the little white picket fence and live happily ever after. But right. I've never found that in the Bible. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Yeah, quite the opposite. <laughs> it's quite the opposite. And you're a, uh, you're a student. So, how old are you?
2: I'm 23.
1: 23 years old, and the wisdom that you have, that God has poured into you, uh, are, are you one of those students that uh, you're getting knocks on the door all the time from other students saying, hey, Emma, I, I need some advice. It sounds like you're one of those people that uh, I'd come to for advice.
2: Well, thank you. Um, so actually, I was so remedial in school. I barely graduated high school, um, and then I got to college. So this is my sixth year. And I got to college and I really um, had no idea how to study and no idea what I was doing and honestly wore the chip on my shoulder that my parents, they were like, well, honey, you know, you're street smart, but you're not book smart. And that's okay. Um, And so I kind of identified with that. Well, I'm just not good at at school. That's okay. Um, I don't think that's true, by the way. I don't think there's a thing as street smart and book smart now. Um, But yeah, I actually was diagnosed a couple years ago with ADHD and through some treatment and medication which the god the god of the universe gives so graciously yeah so now (laughs) i'm 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 finishing up and um but yeah i i wouldn't say that people are just knocking on my door but i have always noticed that um and through other people sharing this of like people trust me with their secrets i don't know what it is but i think people just think oh she's kind of crazy she's been through some things she's not going to tell anyone. And then they'll just kind of dump everything.
1: You're authentic. You're real. And I think for the younger generation, now correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what they're looking for. They're just looking for someone to be honest, real. If we don't show them the real Jesus, well, they're going to be attracted to something out there that could be detrimental to their life.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I I totally agree. I, I mean, I was looking for authenticity and just the truth. And so I I completely agree.
1: So Emma, what do you see God calling you to do with your amazing life?
2: I would love to go on to seminary, which one to be determined. I don't know. Uh, um, So a seminary and I would love to study apologetics, which is really fancy word for defending the faith or like the Christian lawyers, if you will. I don't know. Um, And so what do I believe why do I believe it, and how can I defend it in love and in graciousness
1: i I love it before we go. will you pray for our listeners?
2: yeah, absolutely I would love to, our loving Father and god i I thank you so much for your goodness, for your kindness that we cannot buy, we cannot earn, but you you bought with with a price in the blood of jesus lord um I thank you for Jesus, kindness, and that He hung Himself on the cross, so that me, so that I might know You, so that others might know You, all might know You. I thank You for Your goodness and Your kindness, that Your Holy Spirit um, today is working and wooing every single person, that they might look um, and know You, God and Savior. Lord, I pray for everyone listening and move in ways that make it so clear that You, You are God and You are our Savior. And I pray for um, believers that have the Holy Spirit, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would bless them and encourage them and overflow in their lives, and that they might be able to go out and share. I thank you for our time and um, for the life you have given me, uh, so that others might look in and, and glorify you, that you would get glory from this, um, because you are the one deserving of it all. And so we, we love you, and we thank you uh, for our time and for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: And one last thing, the title of the show is Get the Hell Out of Your Life. So how do you get the hell out of your life?
2: Well, you get the Holy Spirit in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I love it. Well, Emma Rogers, God bless you. Uh, If people want to check you out or give you a thumbs up, are are you on uh, social media?
2: I'm on Facebook. Emma Rogers on Facebook. That's it. Thank
1: you so much for taking time, and uh, you are definitely a bright light. You're doing a great job, and you keep up the
0: good work.
2: Well, thank you. You're so kind.
0: You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Have you ever felt the sting of being called out by someone? Have you ever encountered someone that claims to be Christian, but they're so judgmental and unloving that you thought, this is not for me? Are these experiences keeping you from having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Jesus did not live that way and wants to be a part of your life. If you're ready to learn what following Jesus is really all about and experience his love and forgiveness, then call 888-NEED-HIM or chat with us online at chataboutjesus.com.
3: Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. Did you know what Ron did before he discovered his destiny? He was a promoter of secular entertainment, and by his own admission, he promoted anything he could make a buck at. At the pinnacle of his success, he walked away from it all so he could follow Jesus and discover his God-given destiny. That was over 20 years ago, and he has never looked back. Today, he's an inspirational speaker on a mission to empower individuals just like you to discover their God-given destiny. Ron put his story in a novel entitled The Promoter, and he
1: wants to give you a copy. My story is proof positive that God's plan for you and I is greater than all of our mistakes. Here's what a few
3: readers have said. I could not put it down. I cried, giggled, gasped, and laughed out loud. Ron has written a novel and self-help book all in one this book is a message of hope to request your free copy of Ron's novel the promoter visit our website at thepromoter.org
1: now back to Ron well friend today's show was so encouraging it took a young lady Emma who who really knew nothing much about God and had turned her life upside down. She pleaded with God for help, and today she has a plan. She has a purpose from God, and that's what you and I have to do. We have to recognize when we have hell in our life that it is not going to go away by itself. It's not going to go away by wishing it away. We have to be determined to get the hell out of our life. Remember this, God is in the details and ready to help you with all your decision making. Now, it's not a sign of weakness when you ask God for help. No, it's a sign of maturity and that you got your act together. Life is too short to walk around with hell in your life. Check out my website for other episodes of people that share their story of God's amazing grace. Remember this, I love you god loves you and it's time to get the hell out of your life give the hell out, give the-
0: Get the Hell Out of Your Life is produced by Ron Myers Productions and is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 260 vendors from all over the United States, November 10th through the 12th, inside the Coast Convention Center, located on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at christmascitygiftshow.com. If you would like to share your story of God's amazing grace or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life, Real Stories, Real Struggles, and Real Hope.